0: Epic rap battles of Tyria: Mad King Thorn versus Palawa Joko. I just flew in from the underworld and boy are my arms tired. I came here for a battle, but my opponent's already expired. Palawa! You're the only joke that will never get a laugh, so now let's play a game or else you'll feel my wrath. Mad King says to slash Neil and slash Bag. Slash Bag, slash Bag! What's that? I couldn't hear you. I've got a pumpkin on my head! Oh, what's this? Well, look what we have here. Did someone forget that you only get let out one time of year? Go back to your realm, Candyman, because out here no one's laughing. And I promise you no sugar coating on the verbal vibes I'm rapping. Get back, hack. I'm going on the attack. Battle with me. The debts is stacked. I'll lay out faster than I raised the lona, and that's why I'm the scourge. Your court will stop the revelry. They'll have to write you dirge.
1: This is Relics of War, episode number 115. This is a podcast about Guild Wars, sometimes Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community on the whole. My name is Ryan. You can call me Cole if you think that's necessary. And with me today, we have Spirit. Good morning. And we have Evie. I'm alive, I think. And we have Mumble actually recording as I start the show this time. <laughs> that was awesome. I actually started to do the whole intro thing and all that, and like it was it was just ridiculous. So Um, yeah, it's been a heck of a week. Um, it's kind of been a down week because, um, the whole, uh, hype about the fact that the feature patch came out and all that is kind of taking a backseat now and people are like, so what are we doing then? And if you're not PVPing, you might be doing dungeons, but you're probably not. So, yeah, it's been an interesting week.
2: It's almost like those times in other MMOs between expansions.
1: So, meh. Yeah, so we could use one, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um... And uh, let's see, I guess uh, just to get things going, we're going to jump into the uh, Rotating Cog. No Patch Tuesdays. Give me something to kill
2: already. You know what they say, a patchless Tuesday amasses nothing to talk about.
1: And for today's Rotating Cog, we're going to be talking about the Chinese launch and some information about that that came from Reddit. What do you have to say about that, Evie?
2: Well, apparently, they have gone over... 700,000 peak users at some point. Don't quote me on that because I'm only half awake right now. As far as actual legitimate numbers that have been like sort of maybe, I don't know, published, it was 230,000 on May 1st. So that was a while back. And as far as money, they've made roughly $32 million in China. So yeah, that's been a very successful launch.
3: And do we know how that compares to anything else?
2: The thing is, Guild Wars is the first buy-to-play title in China. There, There's no comparison because nothing else really exists like that over there.
3: So everything else is free-to-play or sub? There's no other equivalent?
2: Everything else is, um, for the most part, free-to-play or the um, like pay-by-hour thing that they have going
1: on over there. Is there anything else about the Chinese launch we want to talk about? Um, It's just those two points.
2: It's very successful. I mean.
3: It releases officially in four days. Four days? Is it 14th?
2: And we can expect many, many copies in the next few months because of how popular this is already.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Uh, they're going to probably see the success of that. And then more Guild Wars 2 type games are going to crop up from outside the U.S. All right then. Oh, well, that's always good news. Um, so you know, uh, this game's gonna get carbon copied, generic. And we're gonna have like Equate brand Walmart Guild Wars Two. Be pretty cool.
3: Oh, it'd be nice to be like, oh God, this is a Guild Wars Two clone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and it's funny because like people rag on wild clones and wild clones, but the whole reason why wild clones really started was because of China. And now there's a very good chance we're gonna see that with Guild Wars Two now.
3: You really call it a clone if they're just copying the payment model, though.
2: N- no, they're going to copy the gameplay, like, the way the battle system works. It's how well clones work. Right.
1: All right, so I guess that covers that, and we can all look forward to a generic version of Guild Wars 2 that uh, is like old Roy for your dog and gives you hip dysplasia as you play it. So, uh, talking about stimulus package, uh, we haven't done this. Uh, I don't think we've done this since the show started. Did we do one? Who knows? Mm-mm. All right, then it's time for Colbert nation it's time to talk about fiscal responsibility in virtual worlds stimulus package so we're going to talk about ways other than on the trading post to make money everybody knows that the best way to make money if you learn to do it right is the trading post but there's also this you can go into dungeons uh just just spam dungeons the ones you do the fastest like coe cof and those guys and once you're done um, Just run up to the dungeon token person vendor, and for 30 tokens, you can buy a rare piece of armor, just whatever. And I mean, so you can get a few of them just out of one dungeon run. And uh, what you do with that then is you uh, take either a rare salvage kit. Yeah, I would, I would take one of the, the rare ones, the yellow ones, and um just salvage that thing, and you're going to get some ectos. Um You might get some silk. If it's one of the lower dungeons, like CM, then maybe you'll end up with some linen or something. But then... Um after that you can either sell those you know, you can sell those uh materials. What are you doing with your cursor in the document? Sorry. <laughs> <You're distracting. laughs> it's bouncing back and forth. It's like watching a game of pog P- P- what's the
0: game? So, I don't even- Pong
1: Pong, there we go. So yeah, then what you're gonna do after that is uh you can even decide with the Ectos and I would I would do some research into this, but you wanna make sure that um the Ectos do not sell for less than you would I think on average if you salvage an ecto, you get four piles of crystalline dust, if I remember right. At least that's what no. I was getting. What do you get?
3: It's maybe one like one or two up I think it's one up to four. But what? generally one or two.
1: No, I've I've gotten like seven out of it before.
3: Well, then your RNG is much better than mine.
1: I'm not even going to say anything. Okay. You might want to just find out your personal average since this game obviously is not consistent between people. And I'll check my privilege. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, point of the matter is uh, you'll want to check and and get an idea of how much crystalline dust you can expect per Ecto if you salvage it. So salvage like, you know, 10 of them just, just for the sake of science and then also figure out if your average will typically net you more money than what you get for selling the ectos. Uh and that's actually a really good way to make money plus if you end up selling like the um the vicious claws and stuff like that that you get then it'll it'll net you even more cash. So, good way to go.
3: Uh in regards to salvaging ectos Uh, not necessarily to find out your personal RNG, but if you want a good way to make magic find quickly, and you've got ectos, what you can do is you can salvage your ectos for crystalline dust, sell back the crystalline dust, and you can get magic find, a whole lot of it, for relatively deep. You don't lose much money at all.
1: Oh, that's true. I forgot to say that. When you're salvaging those, you get a buttload of those things. I think I've gotten most of my magic find from that. Yeah, Yeah, there's actually a buttloaded with this stuff.
3: Um... They drop a lot more exotic and rare Magic Find than I've seen from any other item, like the uh, Essences of Black Brother.
1: Yeah. So you actually could be netting yourself more money in the long run because you're adding a permanent boost to your account on Magic Find. Not that Magic Find's really making a big difference. I hear from people that are in like the 300 range that they're still not really noticing much. It's
2: really only like important, quote, quote, if you're a person that likes to farm for t6 mats themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz it does it affects the actual uh, champion chests now though, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. Oh yeah, just I, um, like it supposedly drops more often in fractals the uh, good stuff.
3: I will say I've I've been saving my champion chests from dungeons. I don't open them in dungeons anymore. I load them all in my bank, which has been a nightmare because there's six different types of gilded coffers and I hate that. But anyway, Every time I open my chest, and I've done it about 100 at a time, uh, I load up to 312 magic find is where I'm hitting, and I've gotten an exotic out of it every time I do my cycle of opening chests, so I'm not going to complain. I'm not sure how that compares to other rates, because you know, previously I would open them one at a time, but it seems like I am getting exotics more often on them. I get a, what is that, nice great sword, the crystal guardian? Mm-hmm. And something that was junk that I saw. Oh, no, 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 they had a Rune of the Traveler on it. I got rich.
2: The nicest thing I've ever gotten out of a box is a cobalt.
1: Yep, I think it's same here.
3: I got one, and it was worth 12 gold, and I was like, I'll hold on to this. It will become more rare, and I was wrong.
1: So another way to um, uh, another way to look at this if you're running dungeons, if you're doing AC, I believe, and SC, there might be more, um, you'll actually be able to purchase armor or weapons to get dire soldier stats uh, i don't believe you can craft those and so then you can salvage those down and uh you know you get those another way to get those if you want them you can use your guild commendations if you're not buying anything else this is my voice what the heck Whew, i was getting stuffy there um yeah you can buy those things with guild commendations too so you can go straight to he's like right outside the uh, Gendarin fields vigil keep uh, place thing and um yeah, they're just selling the insignias and the uh, the sigs. What? No, there's insignias and inscriptions. Holy balls!
2: Is that cost effective though with guild accommodations? Because it has a guild co- uh, guild a gold cost on top of it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember how much that was. I think right now you're getting about eleven gold for one of those. Yeah, are- I'd rather do the dungeons for them um, honestly.
3: Insignias too, if you ever make gear with those, because those are sentinels are fairly unobtainable, aren't they? Isn't that the gear set that comes from the Carker Queen? Flame
2: and Frost.
1: Yeah. Oh, was
3: it Flame and Frost even? That makes them even more valuable because
1: Settlers is Queen. Rad. Right. Oh, that's right. It was another... That's a whole other stat set that you're getting from Guild Commendations. Yep. Okay, my bad. My bad. So I've been corrected. And then Dire and Soldiers comes from Dungeons. You get Sentinel... Yeah, sentinel. That's what you get for guild commendation.
3: Right. Uh, another pro tip when in regards to salvaging or getting those insignias, if you want to save money on crafting exotics to 500, salvage some dungeon armor for rabid or dire soldiers insignias. Then you save the all of the mats that you put into the insignia. So the 5 ectos, the T6 mats, whatever. And just craft it with your exotic pieces. And it makes it a lot less of a pain in the butt.
1: Which it still remains a pain in the butt.
3: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep.
2: And so, you can potentially make some money off of it.
1: Yeah, if you're leveling those to 500, also keep in mind that you want to hold on to all those um, bloodstone bricks and stuff. If you have one character that's at 500, and you have another one you're trying to bring up to 500, save those Imperial Fragments and those the Dragonite Ingots and all that. And uh, I thinking it was about 450. You use those, and you can really get yourself up there without spending a whole lot.
2: I, every time someone complains about Dragonite Ignits or Bloodstone Shards or whatever, I just kind of die a little bit on the inside because I don't craft, but I also don't want to get rid of the materials because they're ascended and I think they're important, so I have a bank tab for each material.
0: Yeah. Holy crap, do you need
2: to
1: process those
2: at all? I've processed some of them, but like, it it's so hard to delete ascended things, because it's just like,
3: why?
1: Yeah, I just loaded up on obsidian so that I could make sure that I'll always be able to keep my bank clean out of those things.
3: I've now loaded up my baby thief because she's not doing anything else and she is just going to be my ascended materials thing because I have nowhere else to put them anymore. Your mule. I've even got I've even got a few 500s and a few because I would like to get 500, but the cost in thermocatalytic... Gold Sinks, I don't remember what they're actually called, and Obby Shards makes it worth not refining them for me, because I've already got 40-odd Imperial Stars and 50-odd Bloodstones and a handful of Dragonite in my bank. There's no reason for me to refine more until I actually need to craft a weapon.
0: Yep.
1: Oh, plus you can just get the weapon as a drop from Fractals, guys. I mean, anyway, let's talk about Guardians. Let's do a Guardian build. We haven't talked about that on the show past three episodes so this is um receive the bacon
0: receive the light receive the light receive the light receive the bacon l- i love you
1: refreshing so this is an altruistic healing build um by the way we want to say thanks to greibach for basically writing the show notes more or less yeah hey. wasn't able to, i know i'm just kidding we were all we all like zerg the crap out of this thing but he added a lot for somebody that knew he wasn't even going to be on i thought that was pretty cool but this is a build that comes from him, and it's all about uh, it's altruistic healing. So we're usually talking about Zerker Meta, where it's just power, precision, crit, and like you're just going in to speed kill things. Um, we all kind of know what the Guardian uh, Zerker Meta is. I can even throw that in the show notes, which is pretty simple. It's all Zerker gear, and then you're just like going down the power, precision, etc. Um, altruistic healing. I like to consider this one uh, to be really good for world versus world. It's also really good for being a meta for people that don't play meta. So if you're with a group and everybody's like, I play like I want to, and they're on their freaking level 32 necromancer in Sorrows Embrace uh, on a character named subreddit Downvoter, uh, you can actually run this build and be a lot more helpful and maybe make the the run go a little bit smoother. So do you guys run this build at all? I'm going to talk about it more or someone else can. Don't really care.
2: Okay. I, there is a special place in my heart for altruistic healing because it has the potential to be amazing. But at the same time, if your goal is support, there is so much better ways to do it. Especially because it's a very selfish way of supporting, if you think about it.
1: In a way, yes. But uh, when you're. The actual real use that I found out of it was like. If you go into Fractals, and there's a group that kind of got in over their heads on Agony Resistance, stuff like that, and they got My Trin. This character is incredibly helpful there. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it seems selfish in that, you know, the altruistic healing itself is keeping, is you know, it's helping you stay alive. But if you're staying alive, that means your aeguses, that means your symbols, all these things that you're doing for the group are staying up that much more reliably. And you're not in a down state here and there, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I will say that the strongest I ever see altruistic healing, like, synergize with uh, a party is when most of the party tends to be at mid-range while the Guardian's in melee. So, everything's pretty much on the Guardian. Exactly, But that Guardian's still getting healed by the things in mid-range because they're actually in range rather than barebow! Pew, 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 pew!
1: (sighs) Gotta cringe when you see that. So yeah, um it's it's basically the core traits to this are altruistic healing, which is valor number eleven, and then there's empowering might, which is honor eight, and then uh as Greibach puts it, there's a smattering of the other traits to your choice. So the core point is that it gives crits uh it gives what? Oh Evie's gonna have to rescue me again. Core point is that crits give allies nearby might stacks and whenever you give boons and heal yourself, and uh I've I've totally jacked my inflections. <laughs> I'm just kicking ass this show, dude. Yes, good. Mm-hmm.
2: In short, the core of the build is that you buff everyone up with might, and when you do that, you get healed. For actual gear, you're going to run something of a mix of knights and berserkers. That way, you create all the time so that you actually give people might and you heal yourself a ton, and yay, candy things. Pew!
1: yeah i actually have two guardians um the human one is the the altruistic healing one and he's more geared for this um i run that with pure voice and i also have soldier runes. so it's like conditions are they do not exist in dungeons or even really pvps a lot of times
3: but isn't aren't pure voice and altruistic healing mutually exclusive or am i thinking of something else because i also have two level 80 guardians and neither of them's run altruistic healing and i think it's because i like pure voice too much
1: Oh, that no, I think you're right. I did. I ended up switching those because I used to run pure voice. Yeah, and then the build, you can tell I play this guy a lot. Um, But then I switched over to altruistic healing because I had the soldier runes and it was like, well, you know, I don't need that now.
3: Yeah, it's funny because both Ryan and I have a guardian that's delegated to, like, carrying groups. That's <laughs> the only yep. time it sees play.
1: And then we have the other character that's actually decked out for some actual damage.
3: Yep.
2: I've gotten to the point where if I want to carry a group, I don't even take my guardian anymore. I just like, oh, Phalanx warrior. Let's go.
1: I go, oh, uh, my kid pooped on the floor. I got to go. <laughs> so we'll also have a link to this uh, build on Reddit. And it's, uh, it's again, from Death and Taxes. It's actually fairly recent. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that one's the
2: Zerker one, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's meta and... If you're like me and think that all the armor in the game should be replaced with Zerker slash Celestial mix and everything else should just be put out because other reasons, I'm not really going to go into right now. This is the build you're going to want to run. Or should I say one of the builds you're going to want to run. There's actually like uh, six of them. Well, five.
1: Well, I've gotten feedback to the show about how... um the people get a little annoyed that we we harp on the berserker Meta so much and just to reiterate it's a joke a lot of us want to save time if you want to save time i'm sorry berserkers is what you're going to do you may have a guardian in there with knights or something to keep things alive that being said if you do have time and your whole group is okay with spending a little more time and you are playing like you want then that's why we have also brought up the altruistic healing one and we'll try and do some more with this i know trevor has some cool engineer builds that aren't you know, really the meta. And then there's Christian with all of his crazy shit. So we'll get that in the show too. Um, but yeah, I'll make a link for the altruistic healing build too. Okay. Also, uh, sorry, Christian, you should have been on the show. Should have got up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done tomorrow. Sleep is for the week. So, uh, moving on into Togo's soap butt. And I'm going to use that image that I have, uh, that I photoshopped of Togo and the soapy butt in the sink. I'm going to use that in the blog post somewhere.
0: As a new TOGO I JUST WANNA GET THROUGH THIS ALREADY! SHUT UP!
1: So for today's Togo Soapbox, we're gonna be talking about a lot of clarifications that people need when they're playing their Mesmer because there are some things that people get uh, confused on. And we're gonna start off first with the lexicon, so I'll cover this. Um, There are clones, so these are solid. They do Uh, On auto attack are similar and they do just butts for damage as kate has pointed out Phantasms are purple and transparent and they usually do special attacks They're the guys that do a lot of damage and then you have illusions which are not actually different It's just any skill or trait that affects illusions affects both phantasms and clones So illusion is a term that encompasses both clones and phantasms if you need to discuss both in one fell swoop So there you go
2: and on the point of illusions and traits. If you have traits that reduce, say, the recharge time of sword skills, and you're only using sword, phantasm, whatnot, that trait will not stack with the one that reduces the recharge time of phantasms. So there's no point in having multiple reduced recharge traits from like multiple sources on the same skill. Remember that.
3: I may be guilty. I need to look at my Mesmer builds.
2: I, I was guilty of that for a really long time because I was just like, oh yeah. my god, more, more cooldown reduction, Mark cooldown reduction, because I'm a horrible min-maxer that likes to like spam my buttons and things, which is why I started with a thief because cooldowns make me sad.
1: So there are the rules of Mesmer summon priorities. And basically, uh so how it goes. When three illusions are up... Here's what it does when you summon a fourth. If there are clones, the oldest one is replaced, and it'll ignore phantasms since they're the priority. If there are three phantasms, then the oldest phantasm is replaced, whether it's a clone summoned or not. Does that make sense? Could it be more clear?
2: It's fairly it straightforward.
1: Because that was something I saw asked on the subreddit today, and I thought, you know, I remember having that question too.
2: It's It's not really made clear within the game itself, but it's something that you get like the hang of the more you play with a mesmer and you get with the
1: nuances of it. Yeah, it just it takes a little practice to get used to it, but after a while it it's kind of second nature for you.
2: I will say though, that I really wish that there was a difference between clones and phantasms in that little like pink dot UI.
1: Oh man, back during beta some guy did a mock-up of the UI and he just made it so the phantasm was a solid purple one and a clone was kind of like a a, a torus mm-hmm. or a ring. Perfect. Would have been just right. But anyway, I, I guess that's that's obvious. Like, what what is there to lose in doing that? It'll make mesmers more powerful and people will cry more and say, please nerf the uh, prismatic understanding I, mesmer.
2: I got in an argument with someone on Reddit because apparently mesmers are the most hated class
1: in PvP and I wasn't having it because
2: I think they're thieves.
1: But for me it's a thief, but it's because I'm a mesmer and not that I have a problem with them, it's just when they're mashing too, you're like, Oh, stop. Okay. <laughs> I hate thieves that mash too.
3: I found two masher in World V World last night. I was testing a Grybox uh, Necro build. I didn't get I didn't get much into it, but um someone in Guild Chat has said, Oh, we're taking Stone Mist, come get the achievement. So I was running over to Stone Mist and I hear like, this Thief heart seeking behind me. So I did two yeah. dodge rolls, left uh, Walls of Blood, dropped all my Staff skills, and then he summoned Thieves Guild. And I turned around for some reason to look at him, because I noticed the Thieves had come, but he, like, he'd never hit me. I turned around, and he's laying dead on the ground. I didn't even turn around to face him. I just dropped all oh, my marks behind she- me. <laughs> I felt bad, because... If you die like that as a thief, your skill level is not so good. And I kind of well, felt a little bit guilty.
0: It says
1: my grandpa used to say, when you're dumb, you suffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Spirit, what is your opinion on the Runes of the Ranger right now?
3: Okay. Bef- prior to about 2 a.m. last night, I was loving everything about Runes of the Ranger. Uh, what happened at 2 o'clock last night is I accidentally put six of them on the wrong rune set on my Necromancer, and then had to overwrite them with Runes of the Crate and cried a little bit. But anyway, my, my soul just died a little bit last night. Um, runes of the Ranger are amazing. They have precision, they have ferocity, and the sixth bonus is a plus 7% damage increase when you have a summon. Summons can be any Like, almost anything that a class can summon. It can be Ellie Summons, it can be Thieves Guild, it can be Mesmer Illusions, it can be Minions.
1: It can be a Mini. Yes. That has been tested.
3: Yes, which is why I now keep my Super Banana and my Mesmer. Also for pun. But, <laughs> God. the greatest thing, in my opinion, about Ranger Runes is not that they have a great stat set, which they do, but it's that they are Meta Rune that you can craft relatively easily. It takes a uh, square of hardened leather, an obby lodestone, or an onyx lodestone rather, and a vicious claw, and that is all it takes to make them.
2: And if you hate crafting like me, they're still cheap.
3: Because they're easily accessible, which is flipping the greatest thing, because I have, this is one of my long-term pet peeves with this game, when I go to make a build and I have this really great idea. Oh, there's a stat set I really like. I would like So, say, uh, Superior Sigil of Generosity, for example, because I was looking at sigils last night. Like, oh, this looks really great on the wiki. I could use this with this build, and it, it'll be wonderful. I go to look at it on the trading post. Superior Sigil of Generosity would cost me 50 gold Ugh. because it was available one time the first Winter's Day. You had to get the recipe, and it can only be crafted now with limited-time materials. There's nothing more frustrating to me than having to, or er, working around time limited materials when it comes to making a build. Cosmetics, fine. It's limited time, whatever. My build should not be limited by what. Uh, this, the time component is.
1: You can't experiment. Yeah, it's, it's yeah.
3: really frustrating. The, yeah, um, I can agree with the that. The condition damage. I, I wanted to make a condition damage build for a long time, and I haven't, for various reasons. Um, but. Last night, there's actually two characters that I've been trying to make condition damage builds on. The first is my Angie, the second is my Necro. Superior Sigil of Malice alone runs me 10 gold. A Superior Sigil of Bursting, so sorry, Malice is a 10% condition duration increase, I believe. Superior Sigil of Bursting is a 6% increase to condition damage, and that is 12 gold. Both of these were only available from recipes from the Queen's Jubilee, which has not happened for a year. So I can't obtain Mm. the method to get them. I have to spend an inordinate amount of gold, and that's just for sigils. I'm dumping 20 gold. That's not counting the gear I'm making, you know, anything. Plus the rune set. The rune set I wanted to do for my NG was also condition duration. My options were to dump 60 gold on runes, and I can't remember what the mix of runes was right now. It was a 4 and 2 split, but I can't remember what it is right now. Uh, Or... Run Twilight Arbor enough to get an armor set because first of all the runes from dungeons are soul bound so I have to run them on my NG if I'm lucky enough to get a soul ba- or a superior rune of the nightmare, or spend I believe it's 800 tokens. Or no, it's 120 tokens a piece for a rune. So it, it ended up costing me ultimately almost an entire set of gear from dungeons to get this this uh, damage. Anyway, the point of this whole rant is if you want things other than Zerker to become meta, please make them more available because Zerker gear, the stuff that is associated with the Zerker meta, is all fully available. It's not time limited, it's available in-game, relatively easy to acquire, it's from dungeons, you know, I can get a hold of it. So I just (laughs) I kind of wanted to throw my Condition Build away and just throw Zerker on because I know it worked. I know it's it's gonna be good. I'm familiar with Zerker builds, and I can acquire it and not break my bank and rent.
1: That was about on par with the Joker talking about pancreases and camera.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very nice. All right. Um. Uh, last point, since we were talking about mesmer, is when you are PvP. Well, I don't want to tell people this. <laughs> don't tell them. This is uh. Let's talk about some oh, vulnerabilities in the harpy oh, fracture. We
0: frackle.
2: don't tell people. That. No, they can figure it out eventually.
1: Yeah, I play a Mesmer. I want them to accidentally stomp the wrong clone.
3: Wait, wait, well, hold on. You, well, hold. No, 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 I need to know your secrets for reasons.
2: Nope, oh. nope, nope. There's actually two ways to know which one's the real Mesmer. To tell? And since Ryan doesn't want to say this one, I'll say the other one. Whichever one pops up second is the real one.
1: You bastard! Oh, that one was more useful, I think. Alright, yeah, and the other one is... The, I thought there was a red symbol above both their heads when you were the enemy. So there was actually the, the second one to appear was the more reliable one. The show notes do say, though, in PvP, I'll have to check this out, but uh, that the real Mesmer has a red symbol above their head. It's kind of a skull with an arrow, um, and that that's the real one. But I do think if it's an enemy, actually both do. Is that the... Uh... Oh, no, that brings up in your UI for both, but it may not be actually over their head in the actual visual. Hmm. hmm. What was that, Spirit?
3: That, that was exactly my question. Is it a UI thing?
1: Yeah, so you'll see that little thing appear on your UI, you know, right where it says loot or something like that. There's this little red thing you want to finish (laughs) them. Friendship. Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. So... Um, another thing is how to tell when an enemy that you're attacking will go invulnerable because I guarantee everybody's seen at least a little bit of this now. Why did that thing go invulnerable and then run away and then refill all of its health and then come back and attack me anyway since I decided to give up and it's still chasing me? So what causes Uh, that?
2: Hold on, just a second real quick. Before you go into that, I recently found out that you can also make your clones go invulnerable. What? Yes.
3: Is that cheating?
2: You have to have, um, like ledge advantage and like really weird positioning but it is possible on the flip side it also makes the mob go invulnerable but I found it really funny
1: hmm so it's kind of like suddenly you're just basically erecting statues of yourself that are purple basically I'll allow it so, if you've ever done the Harpy Fractal, this is where you're gonna see the majority of this problem with uh, mobs going invulnerable, and what happens is, it used to be the case that people would uh, really easily do all of ArenaNet's content by simply finding a place to stand where they could not be reached by the mob, and then they would just attack it at range. And um, there's still some places where that works. But what ArenaNet did was they stepped in and said, alright, let's make it so when the mob cannot find a path to you, and you're attacking it, it'll go invulnerable. Which is really ridiculous in the Harpy Fractal. It's, I, I don't even know how they... Anyway, the Harpy Fractal, of course you're going to attack it from another platform that they can't reach you from, and they have ranged attacks. It's stupid. And, anyway, so if if the mob's going invulnerable, try and give it a route to you. Um, If that means getting in melee, I mean, seriously, Uh, most of the content in this game, you can just dodge the big attacks, and you're going to do more damage in melee. So, you know, no biggie. Which is another reason why,
2: yay, Zucker made a...
1: Yep. All right, so we have that, I guess, and then you can also customize your Guild Wars 2 soundtrack. So if you want to have uh, different music playing while you you play, then you can do that. Um, Well, wasn't
2: there a Reddit
1: post, like, I want to say a few months
2: after launch, of a guy that completely, like, redid the soundtrack in Guild Wars 2 to match, uh, like, Final Fantasy? Oh, I don't know. I mean, everything was in there. Like, there were the battle cues, boss cues, different zones. Like, the city of uh, Black Citadel
1: had the Midgar theme. It was intense. I want to be able to. Um, what were they doing intense? Temping. Uh-huh. Um, what I want to be able to do is replace environment noises, <sighs> as Spirit was alluding to. If you ever do the Char Fractal, or the Ascalon Fractal, is what they call it. It's not until you get past the gate, but once you get past the gate where Dolphy is, then all of a sudden the environment noise has this constant looping. Ooh. ooh, ooh. And after you've heard that for like, you know, 15 minutes, you begin to stab your ear with a pencil. I I don't know what you're talking
0: about. (laughs) You will.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen on uh, How I Met Your Mother, but there's that whole I cannot unhear thing that they were talking about. Basically, someone points something out and it never goes away.
3: So basically, we apologize to everyone who's hearing, ooh, ooh, ooh every time we do fractals.
1: At least it's char fractal. Wow. So we powered through this one, and there are reasons for that. We're all in a rush. It's Mother's Day, and I have a lot of crap to do. And Spirit, what are you doing, Spirit?
3: I'm going to play trivia at State because I'm a smarty pants or something.
1: Oh, sweet. So yeah, I guess we're already at cast, cast. You want to do this one this time, Spirit?
3: Hello, and welcome to Cast, cast The podcast within the podcast, but the podcast, for podcast cast for the podcast, and stylecast for the podcast. Something like that. It's still morning, I'm sorry.
1: And I'm getting a credit. Don't worry, I stopped myself. I
3: thought you were going to say I'm getting a credit card, and I was like, did you get spam mail?
1: Yeah, remember last week? No. Oh, it took a turn for the worse. Anyway, so the most glorious thing we've ever seen. The Infinity moot. How did he do that? It's
2: actually multiple people on top of each other dancing. Oh! And
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I was sitting there looking at it like, was this like text mod or something?
3: I was trying to figure out how I could do it with someone like. Or, yeah, I wanted to recreate this, but I'm not really a character to look like someone else in the guild for this. Especially not subreddit downvoter.
1: <laughs> yes, that is a character in the game. He is the most handsome character that uh, has ever that existed, is by just the way.
3: not true.
1: He is. A, you ever watch Beetlejuice? Um. There's that part where he offends the uh, voodoo guy, and he shrinks Beetlejuice's head. It's about like that, or the the Goomba dudes on uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. They were also those guys. I'm old.
3: I didn't even know that was a thing.
1: You didn't yep. know the Super
2: yep. Mario Brothers movie was a
1: thing?
3: No, I don't think I did.
1: Huh.
0: John Leguizamo. We now
1: return you to your regularly scheduled programming. All right. So anyway, um to talk about the, um, the, the the things we're doing outside of the podcast now. So, uh, first of all, we want to invite you guys to the guild if you're looking for a guild to join. Uh, we do quite a bit of structured PvP right now. We're all pretty good at PvE. We're just not doing it at the moment because we're poorly incentivized for that. But, we're you know, we do fractals. We do all the dungeon speedruns um, or just taking it easy to or drinking while we do dungeons, that also. So, if you want to join our guild, go ahead and send me a, a, a mail-in game or something like that. It's C-O-E-H-L. Uh we do not have one hundred percent rep requirements or any of that crap. And um if uh can they can they message you to yes, Spirit? Of course. And you Eevee? Of course. Oh, there you go then. Though, so Spirit is spirit face in game and Eevee is Eevee E.
2: Though I will say that if you want an invite from me, you're gonna have to pay for it.
1: Oh, snap. Because I'm broke. So don't never mind Eevee. Um, If you want to get involved outside of the game, you can also uh, send us an email at relicsoforr at gmail.com. If you send us mail, you know we could read it on the show if it's something you know interesting that you want to do that. Or you can just give us feedback that's you know outside of being read on the show. Or you can send us an MP3 or OGG file through there for audio feedback. Though the easiest way to send us audio feedback is simple: go to relicsoforr.com, and we have a widget there that you can actually just click on the button. It comes out and it says, "Hey, uh, use your headset and just record your message," and it takes care of it from there. So you record it, and it just sends it to us. Uh, we really hope people will be using that soon, cause, uh, it took me five minutes to install that. It was a real hardship. On top of that, you can also give us feedback. So we're on Steam. Just look up Relics of War. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube, Twitch. Uh, if you watch us on Twitch, we're, every Tuesday we're doing SPVP, and I think I'm gonna start streaming more stuff, especially when I travel, uh, because I get real bored. And then um, on iTunes, so we're finally getting new reviews now on the iTunes market, which is good, because before that, the last one was two years old, but we got one from Code Chemist, and he said, I've checked out all the Guild Wars 2 podcasts I can find, and this one is the best, on topic, and fun to listen to. And then, um, what else are we on? Oh, we're on the Zune market, guys, okay?
0: We are? We're on Zune.
1: I don't know, we used to be. help I, I never I'm knew on. we were. Does Zune market even I... exist? I don't know.
3: I've seen a Zune once in my life.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever have seen one. I know what the logo is. They have a logo? It's like this Z. It almost looks like neon from the 80s or something, like a dance club thing. I don't know what's going on. So we're also on uh, SoundCloud, because this is kind of becoming a new way to deploy podcasts, even though it's not quite as open as iTunes is, because you have to pay for it. But uh, Eric Eric has uh, basically gone and given all of his life savings into that, so you guys should listen to us on SoundCloud if you'd prefer that. You can also comment, like, in the middle of a podcast. Like, you can actually comment on a specific section in SoundCloud, which is pretty cool.
2: So, every time
1: I speak, everyone's just going to be like, I hate this dude. This dude's stupid. Negative. Well, for this for this episode, they're going to be like, do you guys even play the game? Yep. Well, no, Spirit kind of gets gets off easy, but I'm definitely... I've made out like a dumbass. Hey, guys, you want to get some dire stats? Just go ahead and uh, use your guild commendations. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah... We're at Wheel of Morality, I guess. Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, Spirit.
3: The face of a child can say it all. Especially the mouth part of the face.
1: Oh, that's the truth.
0: You talk pretty tough for a man with an invisible pony. Nothing brings out vitriol more than learning a dude's brownie. My army would literally devour yours that much is fundamental. The only reason they haven't yet is I won't pay for the dental. You surround yourself with freaks and a bunch of candy corn men. The only place you can beat me is your land of play pretend. On the stuff of nightmares, I'm terrifying. Grown men think of me and break down crying. The idea of a battle is playing rock, paper, scissors. You bring the kind of woe that can overflow, is you? Stopping you out is a matter that's trivial if it wasn't for dwarves. You'd have no material.